Hello everyone listening to this audio podcast of uh, environment part of February 2020 insights is magazine series and as you already know i'm going to cover the environment section of uh, february month the first topic which we are going to start is uh, green india mission green india mission is basically it was in the news because a sum of rupees 343 crore has been released under green india mission for undertaking afforestation activities over an area of 126000 hectares in 13 states according to economic survey of 2019 and 20 The Green India Mission is one of the eight uh, missions launched under National Action Plan on Climate Change. It aimed at protecting, restoring and enhancing India's diminishing forest cover and responding to climate change by a combination of adaptation and mitigation measures. To protect, restore and enhance India's falling forest cover. The basically these are what I'm talking about right now is the objectives of the mission, which is to protect, restore, and enhance India's falling forest cover, to respond to climate change through a combination of adaptation as well as mitigation measures, to increase forest-based livelihood incomes, to enhance annual carbon sequestration by 50 to 60 million tons in the year 2020. the goal of uh, this uh, mission is improvement in quality of forest cover and ecosystem services of uh, forest and uh, non forest including moderately dense open forest degraded uh, grassland and wetlands eco restoration afforestation of scrub shifting cultivation areas coal deserts mangroves ravines and abandoned mining areas what are the goals improvement in the quality of forest cover eco restoration or reforestation of scrub shifting cultivation areas improvement in forest and tree cover in urban and peri urban lands improvement in forest and tree cover in marginal agricultural lands management of public forest non forest areas adoption of improved fuel wood use efficiency and alternative energy devices diversification of forest based livelihoods of about uh, 3 million households living in and around forest management of public forests adaptation of improved fuel wood and all these things now the next topic is world wetlands day world wetland day is celebrated on uh, february 2nd each year uh, to mark the convention of wetlands adopted in iranian city of ramsar in 1971 basically february 2 is the world wetland day so obviously it was in the news for uh, good reason India is a party to convention since 1982 committed to the Ramsar approach of wise use of wetlands the theme for 2020 is wetlands and biodiversity status of wetlands in india the bad news is that india cities have lost 25 hectares of wetland for every 1 square kilometers increase of built up area in the last uh, 24 decades that means 1 square kilometer of built up area and 25 hectares lost of wetland this is definitely not a good news the good news is that 10 more wetland sites around india has been added to the ramsar convention which is now from uh, 27 to 37 the wetlands in india are 757000 wetlands so with a total wetland area of 15.3 million hectare accounting for nearly 4.7% of the total geographical area of the country India has uh, 
37 Ramsar sites now covering an area of uh, 1 million hectare. The latest addition include Maharashtra's first Ramsar site, the Nandur Madhmeshwar bird sanctuary, 3 more from Punjab and 6 more from Uttar Pradesh. Significance of wetlands Wetlands provide a wide range of important ecosystem services such as food, water, groundwater recharge, water purification, flood moderation, erosion control, microclimate regulation, landscape aesthetics and of course livelihood opportunities. They are in fact a major source of water and principal place from which India cities receive their fresh water. Increasing urbanization has significantly reduced the amount of area under wetlands. According to an assessment undertaken by Wetlands International South Asia, between 1970 and 2014, cities have rapidly degraded wetlands to the tune of 25 hectare per square kilometer of built-up area. The biggest offenders were the metropolitans of New Delhi, Bengaluru, Chennai, Mumbai and Hyderabad, which treat wastelands as their private dumping grounds. This was it about the wetlands and the third news is Kerala's ban on uh, CFL and filament bulbs from November 2020. So basically now we have to know what is the difference between a CFL and LED and filament bulbs and uh, why this is a news because now Kerala will impose a ban on the sale of compact fluorescent lamps and incandescent lamps bulbs starting November this year. As part of the sustainable energy policy, which is very good initiative by Kerala government. This is in line with the government project of filament-free Kerala envisaged in 2018 as part of the state's Ulja Kerala mission. What is filament-free Kerala project? It will be implemented by Kerala State Electricity Board and the Energy Management Center. Consumers in the state can place orders for LED bulbs on the KSEB website in exchange for existing filament bulbs. 9 watt LED bulbs are being sold at reduced prices by the government to encourage usage. Last year, Pili Code in Kasar Code district became the first panchayat in the country to be completely filament free. The project is also a part of the long term sustainable energy policy to reduce the dependence on uh, conventional energy sources and instead maximize potential on renewable sources like solar and hydel power. The key difference between LED and CFL is that the major difference between CFL and LED is that the CFL is the emission light. Emission of light is because of the ionization of mercury vapors. CFL. The mercury vapor when ionized produces ultraviolet rays. These rays when collides with phosphorus coating tube generates visible light. Whereas in the LED it is because of the PN junction diode. And the forward current applies across the diode. A recombination of the charge carrier takes place. This charge carrier gives energy in the form of heat and light. The CFL uses mercury vapor which is dangerous for the environment and living beings. Also, it requires additional components like ballast, tungsten tube, coated with barium, etc. which increases their cost. The destruction of the LED is easier than the CFL because LED does not have any harmful metal which pollutes the environment. The brightness of LED is more as compared to CFL because LED emits light only in one direction. 
The LED is better than the CFL in every aspect. The LED saves up to 80% of the electricity bill even though their cost is very less. It is recyclable and their brightness remains the same even after using it for a long time. Protected Special Agricultural Zone The Tamil Nadu CM declares Kaveri Delta as Protected Special Agricultural Zone. A law in this regard will be enacted soon. The protected zone will include Tanjavur, Thiruvarur, Nagapattinam districts and delta regions of Trichy, Kudalore, Padukotai. The news is because Kaveri Delta is protected special agricultural zone. Now, why? Because peace as is aimed at. Peace as means uh, protected special agricultural zone is aimed at protecting the Kaveri Delta region for the future, fulfilling Tamil Nadu's uh, future food requirements and uh, ensuring the welfare of the Delta farmers. It has recognized farmer uh, concerns about hydrocarbon exploration and according accorded primacy to few food security. The need for the peace as is that because the delta which produces 33 lakh tons of grains in 28 lakh acres has seen multiple protests for a decade over methane, hydrocarbon, oil and natural gas project which required acquisition of fertile lands as and well drilling proposals which triggered fears of groundwater contamination. Challenges ahead Tamil Nadu now has to enact legislation to protect a vast region, largely in the coastal area, from industries that would affect farming. The state has its challenges. In 2017, a government notification delineated 45 villages covering about 23,000 hectares in Kudalore and Nagapattinam districts in the Delta as a petroleum chemical and petrochemical investment region with an eye on over 90,000 crore in investments. The proposed piece has raises a question mark on this ambitious scheme. Delineated 45 villages of 23,000 hectares in Kudalore. The government may have to brave central pressure and litigation from companies which pumped in money for exploration. The decision may also have implications for the state's investment climate. Global Conservation List India will be moving to include next topic is Global Conservation List. Now, kiska conservation, kon banata hai list and all that we need to watch out. So, India will be moving to include the Asian Elephant and Great, Great Indian Bustard in uh, Global conservation list, the list of species that merit heightened conservation measures. The list will be debated at the 13th Conference of Parties of the Convention of the Conservation of Migratory Species of Wild Animals. An Environment Treaty under the United Nations Environment Programme. The Conference of Parties is scheduled to be organized from February 17 to 22 in Gandhinagar and Gujarat. India has been designated the President of Conference of Parties for the next three years. What are the implications and significance? Having the elephant and the great Indian bustard in the list were more formally known as Appendix 1 would coax countries neighboring India where wild animals such as tigers and elephant foray into a to direct uh, more resources and attention to protecting them. There are 173 species in the Appendix 1. About CMS, in order to protect the migratory species throughout their range countries, a Convention on Conservation of Migratory Species has been enforced under the ages of UNEP 
also referred to as Bonn Convention. It provides a global platform for the conservation and sustainable use of migratory animals and their habitats and brings together the states through which migratory animals pass. The range states and lays the legal foundation for internationally coordinated conservation measures throughout a migratory range. Classification of species. Under this convention, migratory species threatened with extinction are listed on the Appendix 1 and parties strive towards strictly protecting these animals, conserving on restorating the places where they live, mitigating obstacles to migration and controlling other factors that might endanger them. Migratory species that need to uh, need or would significantly benefit from international cooperation are listed in Appendix 2 of the convention. CMS is the only global and UN-based intergovernmental organization established exclusively for conservation and management of terrestrial, aquatic, and avian migratory species throughout their range. What are migratory species? Why protect them? Migratory species are those animals that move from one habitat to another during different times of the year due to various factors such as food, sunlight, temperature, climate, etc. The movement between habitats can sometimes exceed thousands of miles, kilometers for some migratory birds and mammals. A migratory route can involve nesting also requires the availability of habitats before and after each migration. Jal Jeevan Mission Rajasthan government has uh, sought changes in the norms for central assistance for the Jal Jeevan Mission in order to reduce the financial burden of the states. The flagship central scheme at present stipulates the share in 50-50 ratio. Rajasthan, where only 12% households are currently getting piped water supply, has formulated new action plans for implementing Jal Jeevan Mission by rejuvenating the sources of water to provide connections to about 98 lakh households. The Jal Jeevan Mission is being implemented under the State Water and Sanitation Mission, which is already functional and different sources, include rainwater harvesting, has been tapped. The state which had only 1.01% of the country's surface water has been trying hard to supply drinking water. The geographically difficult areas and expected more assistance from the center to achieve the targets of JJM. Unless the steps are taken to increase surface water, the dark zones would expand across the states. The mission was announced in August 2019. The chief objective of the mission is to provide piped water supply to all the rural households by 2024. It aims to create local infrastructure for rainwater harvesting, groundwater recharge and management of uh, household wastewater for use in agriculture. The Jal Jeevan mission is said to be based on various uh, water conservation efforts like point recharge, desilting of minor irrigation tanks, use of grey water for agriculture and so source sustainability. The Jal Jeevan mission will converge with other central and state government schemes to achieve its objectives of sustainable water supply management across the country. India has 16% of the world population but only 4% of fresh water resources. Depleting groundwater level of over-exploitation and deteriorating water quality, climate change, etc. are more challenges, major challenges to provide portable drinking water. It is an urgent requirement of the water conservation in the country because of the decreasing amount of groundwater level. Therefore, the Jal Jeevan mission will focus on integrated demand and supply management of water at the local level. Now the next topic is Future of the Earth 2020. 
Future of the Earth 2020 report has been released by the South Asia Future Earth Regional Office, the Vecha Center for Climate Change, Indian Institute of Science. The report was prepared with the aim of reducing carbon footprint and halting global warming below 2 degrees Celsius by 2050. 2050 tak 2 degree kam This is very not ambitious project. The report lists five global risks that have the potential to impact and amplify one another in ways that may cascade to create a global systemic crisis. They are failure of climate change mitigation and adaptation, extreme weather events, major biodiversity loss and ecosystem collapse, food crisis and water crisis. Failure of climate change mitigation and adaptation, extreme weather events, Major biodiversity loss and ecosystem collapse. These are the risk water crisis. Now, what are the key observations of the report? The interrelation of risk factors. Extreme heat waves can uh, accelerate global warming by releasing the large amounts of stored carbon from affected uh, ecosystems and at the same time intensify water crisis and or food secure scarcity. Biodiversity loss in loss and its impact. The loss of biodiversity weakens the capacity of natural and agricultural systems to cope with climate extremes, increasing our vulnerability to food crisis. The five years from 2014 to 2018 were the warmest recorded over land and oceans since 1880. Concerns and challenges ahead. Major assessments in last two years have all argued that time is running out of to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. This has inspired declarations of a climate crisis or climate emergency by the leaders of more than 700 cities, states and governments. Yet, during 2019, the concentration of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere reached more than 415 ppm. What are the anthropogenic factors? Humans have now significantly altered 75% of planet's land area. About a quarter of species in assessed plant and animal groups are threatened. Strains on food production are expected to increase as a result of various forces including climate change, biodiversity loss and a global population on the rise. Right-wing populism, a breed of politics that exploits people's fears during the times of economic decline and growing inequality and that focuses on nationalist tendencies to clamp down on borders and reject immigrants is on the rise around the world. This often leads to a denial of climate change facts or impacts. The digital platforms such as social media search engines or e-commerce algorithms tend to favor the spread of information designed to engage with emotion over reason, which can cause the propagation of fake news and can lead to social harms like an erosion of trust in the vaccine. Environmental health and education. New thinking about conservation is needed. The national education policy will address the question of environmental health and education at the school level. Children in the last four years of secondary education will have a reasonable grounding to be sensitive towards the environment. Without it, no government rules and policies will be helpful. The research titled State of India's Birds 2020, put together by over 10 institutions and numerous citizen scientists, was released recently at the ongoing United Nations 13th Conference of the Parties to the Convention of Migratory Species in Gandhinagar, Gujarat. Over 50% of the 867 species studied 
state of india birds report the key findings of uh, the report is uh, state of india birds report basically here state of india birds report which is uh, research and its main findings are that over 50% of the 867 species studied exhibit a population decline the population of raptors migratory seabirds and birds that live in the specialized habitats were the most affected in the past decades the number of birds in the western ghats which is considered one of the world's foremost biodiversity hotspots also declined by almost uh, 75% since 2000 indian peafowl the national bird has shown a dramatic increase in both abundance and distribution across the country the number of houses uh, sparrows has also established nationwide although there is a still marked decline in their population in cities in indian peafowl that is a national bird and has shown a dramatic increase in both abundance and distribution which is uh, good news 126 species including the peafowl house sparrow asian quail rose ringed parakeet and the common tailor bird are expected to increase in numbers primarily due to their ability to survive in human habitats <clears throat> how was the study carried out the data for these birds was collected through the citizen science app ebird which received a record 10 million entries by approximately 15000 citizen scientists konal university's laboratory of ornithology hosts the app while its india specific portal is curated and customized by bird count india an informal group of bird watching enthusiasts ornithologists naturalists and conservationists dedicated to documenting indian birds the major concern associated within the report is that this assessment makes it very clear that our birds are in overall decline and in some cases catastrophically so several spectacular birds many of them endemic to the subcontinent face a growing threat from the loss of habitat due to human activity the widespread presence of toxins including pesticides hunting and trapping for the pet trade categorization it categorizes 101 species as high conservation concern for india 319 species are classified under the moderate conservation concern category these species must be carefully monitored to rapidly detect and act upon the signs of continuing decline this information should also translate into many voices being raised for bird conservation both among conservation bodies and general public many urgent policy measures need to be adopted immediately conservation action must be taken immediately to identify causes of decline and implement measures to halt and reverse the trend for these species speed now the next topic is ninth one which is species included in appendix 1 of the un convention on migratory species the context is that the green great indian bustard asian elephant and bengal florican have been included in appendix 1 of un convention on migratory species this was done at the ongoing 13th conference of the parties of the convention on migratory species in gandhinagar gujarat about asian elephant found in india nepal bangladesh bhutan and myanmar iucn status endangered is also listed in appendix 1 of the cms uh, sorry sites of uh, wild flora and flora and schedule 1 of the wildlife protection act 
about great indian mustard it is one of the heaviest flying birds in the world its largest populations are found in indian state of rajasthan state bird of rajasthan which is great indian mustard the list has is critically endangered in the iucn i read list it is also listed in appendix one of the sites and scheduled one of the indian wildlife protection act 1972 about bengal florican in india it is found in uttar pradesh assam and arunachal pradesh bengal florican uttar pradesh assam arunachal pradesh it has been listed as critically endangered on the iucn red list the word is listed under the schedule one of the wildlife protection act of india 1972 Appendix one of sites. Jal Yukt Shiver. Maharashtra government has scrapped the Jal Yukt Shiver, the flagship water conservation project. Maharashtra government Jal Yukt Shiver. Uh, the project was launched in 2014 after Maharashtra experienced consecutive droughts aimed at rolling out measures that could potentially mitigate water scarcity in the most drought-prone villages in a systematic manner. The project targeted strengthening and streamlining existing water resources like canals, burns, and ponds by arresting maximum runoff rainwater during monsoon. Task to widen and deepen natural water streams and connect them to nearby water storage facilities like earthen or concrete check dams was proposed. Nearly 52% of the India's uh, sorry, the nearly 52% of the state's geographical area is prone to drought. which state india's either naturally or due to poor rainfall no i think it's uh, 52% of the maharashtra's areas is prone drought prone either naturally or due to poor rainfall this includes marathwada and adjoining areas of madhya maharashtra and large parts of vidarbha the jalyukt shiver was beneficial we uh, by january 2019 the scheme had transformed 16000 drought prone villages of maharashtra The irrigation cover had been increased by 34 lakh hectares in the process thereby increasing the crop yield each year particularly the kharif crops until mid 2019 interventions resulted in stocking of water measuring 24 lakh trillion cubic meter World Air Quality Report 2019 World Air Quality Report 2019 was released by the pollution tracker Air quality year and Greenpeace ranking is based on a comparison of 2.5 levels. Bangladesh emerged as the most polluted country for PM 2.5. Pakistan, Mongolia, Afghanistan, India followed behind respectively. PM 2.5 includes pollutants such as sulfates, nitrates, black carbon. Exposure to such particles has been linked to lung and heart disorders, can impair cognitive and immune functions. 21 of the world's 30 cities with the worst air pollution are in India. Six cities from India are in top 10. Ghaziabad, an area close to New Delhi, Northern Uttar Pradesh, is ranked world's most polluted city with an average of 2.5 concentration measurement of 110.2 in 2019. National air pollution in India decreased by 20% from. 2018 to 2019 with 98% of cities experiencing varying levels of improvement the report points to economic slowdown favorable weather conditions and efforts towards clearing the air as reasons behind the decrease the report also points india's launch of the country's first national clean air program 
which aims to reduce PM 2.5 and bigger particulate which is PM10 air pollution in 102 cities by 20 to 30% by 2024 compared to 2017 levels. South Asia continues to be of particular concern with 27 to 30 most polluted cities in India, Pakistan and Bangladesh. However, South Asia has seen improvements from the previous year. Chinese cities have overall seen marked improvements in the recent years with average concentration of pollutants falling 9% from 18 to 19. The climate crisis and urbanization. There are clear indications that climate change can directly increase the risk of exposure to air pollution. It impacts air quality in many cities through desertification and increased frequency of forest fires and sandstorms. Greenhouse gas emissions with the burning of the fossil fuel a key driver of the climate crisis is also a major cause of the dirty air. Many countries are still dependent on coal for their energy production, the biggest contribution to PM 2.5 emissions. Exacerbating the problem is rapid urbanization and industrializing Southeast Asian cities, which is also a major cause of air pollution and poses severe challenges to managing PM 2.5 levels. According to the World Health Organization, air pollution causes an estimated 7 million premature deaths a year globally, mainly as a result of increased mortality from cardiovascular diseases, cancers and respiratory infections. It is estimated that more than 80% living in urban areas which monitor air pollution are exposed to air quality levels that exceed WHO guideline limits with uh, Low and middle income countries mostly at risk. Now the next topic which I'm going to talk about is uh, twelfth one, which is uh, Thousand Springs Initiative. Thousand Springs Initiative. It is an online portal on GIS-based spring atlas with the hydrological and chemical properties of the springs mentioned. To improve access to safe and adequate water for the tribal communities living in different and inaccessible parts in rural areas in the country, it is an integrated solution around natural springs. It includes the provision of infrastructure for pipe water supply for drinking, provision of water for irrigation, community-led total sanitation initiatives, and provision for water for backyard nutrition gardens generating sustainable livelihood opportunities for the tribal people. Under this initiative, more than 70 young tribal youths from the rural belt of three districts of Odisha, namely Kalandi, Kandamal, Gajpati, has been trained as barefoot hydrogeologists by combining traditional and scientific knowledge for the identification and mapping of springs and undertaking rejuvenation and protection measures in their habitations. Springs are natural sources of groundwater discharge and have been used extensively in the mountainous regions across the world. In the central and eastern Indian belt, with more than 75% tribal population, it remains largely unrecognized and underutilized. The initiative will help in harnessing the potential of uh, perennial springs water to address the natural scarcity of water in tribal areas. Delhi water doesn't conform to ISO standards. The Bureau of Indian Standards has submitted its report to the Supreme Court of India on drinking water standards in Delhi. None of the drinking water samples randomly collected from across Delhi conforms to the ISO standards of purity in one or more requirements. 
all the drinking water samples drawn from Delhi were non-conforming in one or more requirements as per IS 2012 specification for drinking water. One of the main reasons for contamination in Delhi was leaking pipes. On January 13, the court ordered the Pollution Control Board and the BIS to conduct a random check of water quality in Delhi and submit a report in a month. The court has asked the BIS to suggest measures to improve water purity and asked it for reports on the samples taken from other cities. That's it about the environment part of the February issue of Insights IS magazine. For the rest of the current affairs, keep tuning to my channel.